0: Have you ever wanted to share a story but didn't feel like you had anyone that would listen? Maybe you wanted to share it with a friend, a neighbor, a family member, or even a loved one, and they just gave you that vibe they didn't have enough time for you? Or maybe it wasn't that, it's just they didn't have enough time to listen to you. Either way, do you still want to share those stories, be heard, and be listened to? Well if so, please join us here today at Walk & Talk Radio and one day we'll get the chance to listen to your story. I am your host, Jay Griffith, and on today's episode, let's go ahead and welcome our guest, Macy Clearwater. I want to be transparent and straightforward for those of you who may be afraid to come forward and share your story. Macy is not my guest's real name. She wanted me to keep her identity sealed, and I completely honor that. We will be walking through all the events that have occurred in her life from where she grew up, how she grew up, all the way to what has happened in her adult life and what it is like for her to be a mother. We will get to see the comparison throughout this interview of the relationship she had with her own mom and how that has taught her what type of mother she wants to be for her little one today. With this, we will get to hear how her and her mother restored their relationship and made amends with each other. I just want to be clear with no pun intended, of Clearwater, we have a lot of ground to cover in this conversation. This conversation will be over the course of three episodes. We go into great detail on just about everything in Macy's life. Once we travel through this storm and we get to the end of it, what we will find is how to be strong, how to grow strength, and most of all, how to remain true to ourselves. This is vitally important so stick around for all three episodes you'll be grateful that you did thank you so much for tuning in today let's go ahead and jump on in thank you for joining us today um i'm gonna be passing the mic over to you and letting you take us on your journey Okay. (laughs) So start wherever you feel comfortable starting with, and we'll go from there.
1: Okay. Well, when I was growing up, um, so I grew up in Issaquah, and then I lived with my grandparents over there, and my mom lost custody of my sister and I when my sister was five and I was two um she lost it because of like drug abuse and just not really being like a good parent she pretty much like abandoned us and when she was in the picture like she wouldn't really have too much to do with us because she would always have like migraines and stuff so my grandma was pretty much the one that took care of us and um so like I have a couple memories of like my mom growing up and like there's one memory that I have with her and we're in a trailer And there was like a hole in the floor and I had found myself into the bathroom after her and her friends were like passing around like this glass thing I didn't understand. And I remember like being in the bathroom, like looking up at the window and my mom like coming in and she'd say my name, but like, I can't remember what she looked like necessarily. And, uh, so growing up, like we didn't get letters or phone calls or anything. And my grandparents made the decision to come move to Chelan So, I was about eight years old when that happened. Um, And, like, one day, so, like, the kids would always, like, ask about, like, my parents and stuff. Like, I never really knew, like, what to say. And so, like, I'd ask my grandma, like, when I would get home. My grandma didn't really know what to say either because, like, she never heard from her. And so, she would just tell us that, like, she was deceased. So, like, I would tell kids at school that, like, my mom died. <laughs> because, like, I had no idea. I didn't even know, like, what deceased was until my grandma had to, like, sit down and explain it to me. And it wasn't, like, a big shock either when she did explain it. Like, oh, my mom's dead. Okay. It was just, like, oh, that, okay. All right. Blue's the color. So, um one day, like, I got home from school and there's, like, this Jeep at our house. And, like, we never had people over. Like, I couldn't even have friends over from school and stuff. Like, we were super sheltered. My grandma, like... She'd already done raised her kids. She didn't want to raise more kids. And so she didn't want to deal with like us going to other people's houses. And like she got molested to a sleepover when she was growing up. So like that was just out of the question. Like we were not allowed to go anywhere. And so seeing this like car in the driveway, my sister and I both were like, who is that? Like what the heck is going on? And we walk inside and like my mom's just standing there with my dad, <laughs> just chilling. And she's like, hey, how's it going? I was like, I don't know you. And so then, like, um, they were living in Redmond at the time in a trailer. Or, no, it was Redmond. And so they ended up um moving over here after my grandpa bought them a house. Because um, my grandpa and my mom didn't really have, like, that great of a relationship when he was introduced into their, their lives because he's my grandmother's second marriage. And he would, like, leave my mom horrible notes before school and, like, telling her, like, what a fat ugly person she was like just horrible things and he like all of my family traumas stem from like generational trauma so it's like trauma happened and that explains this and then trauma happened because of that and that explains this and so it was just like one huge domino effect and my mom like took my um, like her her mom and dad's divorce like super hard and then when my grandmother met the person that I call grandfather or called grandfather. Um, them having the relationship that they did, like, it affected her to, like, going into drugs because her biological dad, like, was doing drugs and drinking and stuff. So, she, like, she wanted his attention. So, she started doing that stuff, like, hoping that they would, like, hang out together and stuff and, which didn't happen. And it just ended up putting her on a bad road and, like, losing her own kids um, and, I just found out actually the other day talking to my mom that, uh, the reason why they left Redmond to come to Shilland was not only just like to be close to like me and my sister, but it was also, um, because there was like a lot of like illegal shit going on. Like there was a bunch of drugs and they were like hiding fugitives and stuff and like, <laughs> you know, just not good situations. They were trying to like find a way out of it. So they moved to the Valley and I was 12, I think when they came back. And so I was super sad to have my parents and stuff. And then like talking about it at school, all the kids were like, well, you said your mom's dead. So you're a liar. So then they started bullying me for that. I was like, Oh shit, dude, I didn't know any better.
0: Yeah. That's, that's going to be hardcore.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was a little crazy, but I was like super stoked to have my parents back. You know, like I could finally be like, oh, this is my mom this is my dad, <laughs> you know, like, they would send, like, those little notices and stuff in class, and, like, I would say to you, your parents are guardians, and, like, I always felt like they put guardians as, like, specifically to make me not feel singled out, because, like, you know, I didn't know about other situations and kids, like, there wasn't anybody else in Manson that I knew of that was, like, living with their grandparents and didn't know who their parents were and stuff, and so, like, I was, like, oh, thanks, guys, but, um, so, i started spending like every other weekend over there at at their house because my grandpa bought them a house to like try to make up for like what he had done when she was growing up and um try to like right his wrongs and stuff like it was a beautiful house too and uh so i go over there like every other weekend and stuff and then my um grandma wasn't happy in her marriage with my grandfather and a lot of that had to do with um, my sister's mental disabilities um my sister she was she took my mom leaving really hard like super hard she would like lash out and just have like these huge anger episodes like I remember one time she pushed my grandma down the stairs after she tried to like stab her with a plastic fork it was pretty crazy And um, she just didn't know how to, like, handle anything. And growing up, like, we were just pretty much taught to just shut up and deal with it. But, like, we were never taught how to deal with things or, like, how to express ourselves. And, like, my grandmother more was, like, have, like, an I'm the one that saved you type attitude about things. And to, like, just be grateful that we had her, which we were grateful But when it came to, like, talking about my parents and stuff, like, we never really got, like, the support that we needed about, like, why things were the way that they were. And, like, we were definitely told too much information at too young of an age. Like, I was four years old and I knew my biological dad was a child, like, molester and stuff. Like, I probably shouldn't have known that at four. It's a little young. And, like, I mean, I don't even think I really grasped the concept of it. Like, my grandma would explain it to us because, like, it was, like, super drilled into our heads that like guys only wanted one thing from us and stuff that like they couldn't be trusted. I think that's why like now I try so hard to like see the good in the guys that I date because I'm like, no, I'm going to prove it wrong, you know, but yeah, that's, that's another story.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Well, we'll get a while, so we'll probably come around to that.
1: I know. I feel like I need to like take a big breath. Or, like I feel like I'm like.
0: Why oh. if <laughs> you got to take a big breath? Take a big breath. I think
1: it's because I don't want to like blow into the microphone.
0: Oh, it's okay.
1: <laughs> but anyway, so like, my mom, like my grandma and my grandpa, like they stopped being like happy in their marriage and stuff. But like my grandpa loved my grandmother so much, he would have done anything for her. But the way that my grandma was, like, she just kind of she met this guy that we used to buy hay from for our horses, and then she just kind of like uprooted and left. She was just like deuces and <laughs> just dipped out. Um, So custody was like up for grabs at that point because like my grandmother and my grandpa were getting divorced and um, they were like talking about it and stuff. And my grandma was like asking me like, oh, who do you want to live with? And I'm like 14 at this time. And, you know, so I'm legally allowed to like say who I want to go be with and stuff but looking back now like 14 is such a young age to like have to make that decision and like for that question to even be like put on you at that age kind of sucked because it's like oh everything that you've ever known is now going to be like uprooted you're done time to move on and so I originally that I said that I wanted to live with my aunt and uncle because my mom she had hoarding problems and so like there was like pathways in the house that like you had to walk through and um at the time she only had like two dogs and like five cats I think and so like it wasn't that bad but like she just wouldn't clean like she'd never do like the dishes or anything like the house was just gross like my grandmother was like like a neat freak she had like OCD like all she did was stay at home she never worked like she just took care of kids and took care of the house and so like going from that to like seeing how my mom kind of handled like home life situations I was like I don't really want this and you know like there's just some things about like my stepdad that like I call him my dad but um kind just kind of like threw me for a loop like growing up and stuff and i just kind of started like seeing more things and so i wanted to live with my aunt and uncle and when i was growing up like i never spoke up for myself like i never expressed my emotions or anything cuz it was like my sister was so big in her emotions that i felt like i'd didn't want to have any part of my emotions.
0: Well, on that note, do you ever feel like you didn't have enough space to be in your emotions more so? Like she was taking up all the space in the room being so involved in her emotions. Maybe, maybe you felt like you had to stay reserved in a way.
1: I think it was that. And also like, the stress that I saw it caused my grandma because like there would constantly be like screaming matches and stuff. And my grandma would just come to my room and she'd cry and like talk to me about my sister. And she's like, I don't know what to do. I don't understand. And
0: Screaming matches between who? Your- my sister and my grandmother. Oh, okay.
1: And they would just like get into it so awful. And so it's like I had to be the one like supporting my grandmother and, like giving her advice on like how to get through it and stuff and, like, I'm supposed to be the kid, you know, like, it's supposed to be the other way around, but, um, so, like, I felt like I didn't want to, like, put any more stress on my grandmother because I loved my grandma with my whole entire heart growing up. She was my mom, like, I called her mom, and, um, like, I understand, like, I understand now, like, why she left the way that she did, too, because, like, it was a lot for her to deal with, and, like, they would take my sister to like counselors and they would just use her as a guinea pig on medicine. Like they had her on so many different medications at one point And like, it just messed her all the way up. Like her chemical balance in her brain is just so screwed. And really at the end of the day, I think all my sister needed was just a freaking hug, you know, like just, Hey, you're going to be okay. You're going to get through this. When you feel this emotion, these are the steps that you got to take, you know, like how to work through it because she was never taught how to work through it. And then, my grandpa, like, he was pretty mean to her, too, growing up and stuff, because, like, he didn't understand, like, why she would act the way that she would, and, like, I remember one time, like, I don't remember what started the fight. I was in my sister's room, and my grandpa came in there, and he was just so mad, and he, like, knocked me up against the wall, and I was on the ground. And he, like, grabbed the back of my shirt and, like, lifted me up, and it, like, ripped my shirt, <laughs> and my sister, like, came at him and we both like ran out of the room and he like chased us around the house until my sister was like throwing up and we had to like lock ourselves in the bathroom and my we were like calling my grandma over and over and over and she just would not answer the phone she was at my great aunt Loa's house and uh I think that was kind of like the final breaking point for my grandma It was just like I can't do this anymore and that's when she met her husband so like when my when the custody was up for grabs and stuff like like I said, I never wanted to like speak up for myself and stuff. So when I, I had like, I was supposed to talk to my aunt and uncle about moving in with them and I, I just couldn't bring myself to do it. My grandma did it. And so they ended up approaching me cause I used to babysit their kids for them. And so they came up to me and they're like, Hey, so we want to talk to you about something serious. Like if you want to come live with us, we'd take you in a heartbeat and stuff. Like, I just remember like I broke down and I was just crying and like hugging them and my mom found out and, you know, cause she's going to have to knowing that like, I didn't want to go live with her. And so she was like sobbing. She was like, I just, I want a second chance. Like, I want to be your mom. I want you to come live with me. Like, don't you want to give that to me? Like, I'm your mom. Don't you, you want to see me cry like this? And like totally guilt trip me into it. And so like I told her, yeah, I'll come live with you.
0: What, what age were you? 14. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah so then um you know I had to meet with the lawyer and stuff and the lawyer was like asking me all these questions and he was like do you want to go live with them I was like yeah and he's like I don't really feel like you're convincing me And I was like no it's fine I want to go live with them and like in all reality they should have like I feel like our court system like fails us so much with kids because like there should have been somebody there to like check out my mom like especially the record that she had like already losing her kids once like there should have been like more of a question of like okay the kid doesn't really seem like she wants to go and the lawyer sees it so why don't we send somebody to go do a home check you know like anything like frick like ask three questions at least or something you know but um they didn't so like I ended up going and living with my mom and it was like really hard um my mom did really great at first like cooking us food and you know she was doing the whole mom thing like oh did you get your homework done like are you doing this like is there anything that you want from the store like stuff like that you know like it was cool that lasted for about like a month and a half and then my mom decided that she's not a morning person so she stopped like waking up with us early in the morning which didn't matter I mean we were in high school You know, like, you don't need to get up with us. Like, we know how to make cereal. We can cook eggs, oatmeal, whatever. Like, it's not that big of a deal. But then she just started staying in bed all day long. And, like, I got a thing about windows and curtains, they have to be open. I can't stand them closed because of my mom's house. Like, they're always shut, and the house, like, always was just stale. Like, there would never be, like, fresh air in there. Like, it was just dark. And depressing it was a log cabin house and so like there's only a couple windows and like we'd get home and it look the same as like when we did when we wake up like there'd be like one light on in the kitchen my mom would still be in her room and uh then my mom decided she was going to take on breeding dogs so we started out with one chihuahua and then two and then three and then four and after she started breeding when it was all said and done like after a year and a half of her breeding animals um we ended up with 18 chihuahuas in our house and we lived up in the hills so you know coyotes and owls anything that could prey on the dogs like my mom flipped out about and so like we also had like three bigger dogs but they were the only ones that were allowed outside so like the dogs would do their business like in the house and stuff like it was all carpeted and our dining room was laminate floors and we didn't have like a dining room table because there was dog kennels all over it because all the dogs they didn't get along with each other so they had to be like separated within the house like there was two dogs that always stayed in the bathroom they tore the bathroom apart like scratched all the drywall off the walls like tore up the door like there's like piss everywhere so gross and uh the hallway was blocked off there's like five or six that were in the hallway and then there was like the ones that got to hang out in the living room because they were cool and then there was like know like six or seven kennels in the dining room and the dishes would always be like just stacked piled on the on the counter and stuff and it was like my sister and i like we were just angry like my sister never did chores growing up i was the only one that got that had to do chores because like my grandparents couldn't get my sister to like conform to anything and so i was just like "Oh, i'm gonna do the dishes like you know and
0: someone's got to do it yeah like
1: i was always like helping my grandma and stuff and, like so like finally at my mom's house like i just processed it i was like i'm not doing this shit and like um they had like those puppy pads that like dogs can do their business on and stuff like that was our whole dining room and uh anytime i tried to clean them they weren't like totally like just used to complete nastiness um my mom would like freak out
0: (laughs) that only makes me laugh because of My 18 year old docs, and I've been <laughs> using puppy pads because this stubborn ass doesn't want to go outside. Because yeah. I'm like, no, they can't ever get used to that extent.
1: No, like, it's it's so bad. Like, I feel like if there's like one or two spots, like, this probably hit the can, you know. But yeah. no, my mom, like, she's like, you're wasting money because for some reason we were always broke and I couldn't figure it out. like. My dad was bringing home like $1,500 paychecks. And this is like back in like 2000, like 2012, maybe 2011. Cause like I had switched to Chelan school at this point. So like I was going to new, new school, had new friends and stuff. Um, this is actually how I met my very best friend my whole entire life. She lived right next door. We we're two years apart. My mom made, like forced me to go over there. And I was like, screw that. I don't want to meet people. So like I teased my hair up. I wore black lipstick. Like I was trying to scare this girl. <laughs> and I walked in the door and she's like hey uh can I do your nails and I was like fuck it yeah it's <laughs> ev- separable ever since but uh you know so like I just started like protesting my mom like after she started like flipping out she's like and my mom's on disability too so she gets like $800 a month so like they weren't paying rent they never paid my grandfather rent one time the whole time that they lived there so it's like where's the money going but there's always booze in the house. And for some reason, they really liked hanging out in the back alley of frogs. So, you know, they were <laughs> with the fun crowd.
0: <laughs> it was going to a bar cab.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, uh...
0: The bar was getting all the money.
1: The bar was getting all the money.
0: When, how did you figure that out, first of all?
1: Uh, because I had to go pick them up. <laughs>
0: red-handed you've yeah. been caught
1: so they, so they would drive me and my best friend and her little sister in a town and we go walk around town until you know 2 30 in the morning like after the bars are closed looking for our parents and like we'd have like drunk dudes come up to us there was this one time this lady like we senior frogs used to have like a meeple sub stand outside of it
0: actually you know what I, I will tell you what the truth is behind that because my dad started that <laughs> <laughs> So it it was a hot dog stand. And uh they had like four different hot dogs. They had like German sausage and like a Polish dog and then your regular hot dog and whatever the fucking hot dog is that you put sauerkraut on and there's like <laughs> this is way back when I was a little kid. There was like this lime green relish that was special from fucking New York and the East Coast, mom, or whatever the shit was that they used. So, yeah, it was crazy. I used to work that all the time. And dude, he would... He got paid $100 for a fucking bun because the guy was so drunk. He was like, I just need some food. My dad's like, here's a bun. It's all I got. And dude's like, okay, well, I only got a $100 bill, man. Keep the change. Like... Hell yeah. It's like ninety-seven dollars change. All right. <laughs> Thanks for the tip. That's so, funny. Yeah, and then he sold it to frogs because he's like just wanted to stay home and be drunk all the time. <laughs> or whatever. Dude, so,
1: your, your dad and my parents were probably friends, no lie at the bar. <laughs> they probably hung <laughs> I mean,
0: out. Yeah. So that's what that meatball stand was is a hot okay. dog. <laughs>
1: Small world. I mean, well, it is a small town, but yeah. Crazy. Yeah. We used to go around like advertising for them because we're like, hey, Senior Frogs has food, dude. They got like this food cart and stuff. So like we'd be telling (laughs) everybody that we walked by. And this one lady came up to me and I was like, I was wearing uh, skinny jeans, my cowboy boots, a tank top and a button up. And I had the button up like buttoned up, you know. And this lady comes up to me and she's like, if you really want to advertise, you're doing it wrong. Grabs my shirt and like rips it open. And I was like, Whoa. yeah, I was like, what are you doing? And she was like, well, this is how you got to advertise. You got to work it, girl. How old are you? I was like, 15. <laughs> she was like, oh, put them away. And I'm like, yeah, I would if you didn't rip the buttons off my shirt. <laughs> like, but so like we just, you know, hang around and stuff like we'd have like weirdos like come talk to us and stuff like we would just run away because we were kids, you know, like we knew stranger danger. So we'd take off running down the street. You know, until our parents were ready to go home, we'd just drive them home, and they'd pass out and stuff. And uh, So, it was, like, at least it was nice to, like, have her, because she was going through it, too. You know, like, her parents at least kept the house clean, and they only had one dog. <laughs> but, you know, like, we raised each other and stuff, and she's my saving grace, like, always always will be. But You're, um, you're
0: talking about your best friend, yeah? Yeah, my bestie. Okay. But, uh... What do you mean? So... What do you mean her parents are going through it too?
1: Like, you know, they had their own substance abuse problems and like mm. drinking and stuff, you know, like her home life wasn't like the happiest. and Like she had her own traumas growing up, like just horrible shit that shouldn't happen to anybody, any kid. Yeah. You know, and so she understood it. Like she understood like what I was going through and stuff and I understood what she was going through and like we just had each other. Um, Her mom was super cool though. Like a, she offered me a cabinet to keep my clothes and stuff in because like I said like the dogs did their business in the house like you could smell the house before you even got to the deck of the cabin like it was disgusting in there and it's just to the point where like 15 years old like I'm not going to clean it like I'm getting chewed out for using cleaning products because it costs money well I mean shit that's part of being an adult sorry to tell you
0: (laughs) yeah but (laughs) exactly you
1: know so like Oh, the dogs always had food too. Like we never had food. So there'd be like mounds of dirty dishes. Lord knows what was getting cooked in them because all we had was like minute rice, rotted apples that my dad would bring home from his trucking jobs, and like some sour milk in the fridge. You know, like we just never had anything. So the dogs always had food though. Always. They never ran out.
0: Well, you know, if you flip the word dog around, it says God. So there you go. <laughs> I guess you could treat. That's fucked up.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, kid's spell backwards as dick, I guess.
0: So. <laughs> uh, yeah, I never even thought about that shit. That's fucking. Yeah.
1: Maybe that's why we we're always getting dicked about it. It's intense. <laughs> <But> <laughs> <laughs> so um, I would like bring home food for my work and because I worked, at, I work in a restaurant. And so like I bring home food and uh, I'd get like second lunches from the lunch ladies at school and stuff because like they kind of knew what was going on and
0: uh them damn lunch ladies they always fucking know and they don't do shit they're like oh here's more food though thanks you got brownies back
1: there today you know at least that's something i would take the food like it's fine (laughs) if you don't want to get me out of the situation but like just give me some food dog
0: (laughs) did i get another pizza for free
1: yeah but um like there's this one time like i brought home food and like we had to ask permission to eat whatever was in the house like if my mom was at home like we weren't allowed to like eat anything like we had to like either call her if she didn't answer her phone like we just had to wait till she got home and so uh I like tried to call her and she wasn't answering her phone because her phone was out of minutes so I just like took some of the rice like the minute rice I was like shit I'm hungry like I brought home vegetables from work and so like I had just sat down on the couch to like eat it and my mom walked in the door and she flipped she like lost it on me she was like that is my rice you have no right to be eating that and all this stuff and like at this point like I had been there for about a year and like I was just over and done with it like I had already been trying to like talk to my dad about like him helping me get emancipated and like he told me pretty much like if he had to deal with it I had to deal with it too type thing and my dad would like never believe me about my mom either like my mom would like scream at me and like there's she would like grab my jaw until like it would crack and stuff like you know like it wasn't that bad but like It still sucked, like I would never do that to my kid, 100%, I would never grab his face like she would grab mine. And uh, so she's like up in my face about it and stuff, and I just flipped out like all the emotion that like I just like held in my whole life, like I just, I threw the fucking box on the floor and I was like, well here, I'll just give it to the fucking dogs, they eat better than I do anyways. And she was like, why would you do that? You're gonna get butter on the carpet. I'm like, there's piss and shit on the carpet. Like you're worried about the goddamn butter from the vegetables? And, like, I just walked over to, we'll just call my best friend Stacy. I walked over to Stacy's house, and I was like, dude, (laughs) can I have some food? I'm hungry. (laughs) So she'd, like, make me food and stuff, like, and, but when my mom found out that her mom had offered me a cabinet to keep my clothes in, yeah, it was over. I couldn't go over there anymore. I couldn't talk to Stacy. Like, we couldn't hang out. We couldn't be friends, because my mom was like, they're going to take, like, you know, she was all messed up over it, because, like, she had her own abandonment issues and stuff, and.
0: And are you still 14 right now? Or or is that did you So I'm
1: 15 now. Okay. I'm 15 now. Okay. Yeah, my bad.
0: <laughs> no, that's okay. I was just wondering like how much time did we just pass through?
1: No, that's 15 and um so
0: so it's like what, 6 months after you met your friend Stacy that your mom was like found out about the cabinet? So was, this was a year cuz oh, like whole I met year. Okay. Yeah,
1: I met Stacy before I moved in with my mom. Mm -hmm. like because it was just like when i would visit her on the weekends i met stacy and so it was like nice to like move into my parents house and like have her next door and like knowing who she was and like you know we'd go hang out and do like dumb crap all the time like um we both had horses and stuff so like we'd go push each other in like the water troughs and you know like just dumb crap (laughs) your turn yeah (laughs) (laughs) like um we, we used to play this really stupid game because like we lived out in the middle of nowhere. Like nobody would ever drive. Like <laughs> we'd go out in the middle of the night, like we'd be in our swimsuits and we'd play tag, but like you had to like untie the other person's bikini. <laughs> like just dumb stuff. Uh she had You're a, it. Yeah. <laughs> she had a dirt bike one time and uh she broke my knee. Uh the road had like washed out and stuff like the tire went into a rut and uh i was riding on the back of it and so when the bike went to go lay down i stuck my foot out and my foot stayed in one spot on the ground but from my knee up twisted and so i'm on the ground and i'm like dude there's something wrong with my leg like don't touch me right now and she's like no you just need to move it so she's like over there moving my leg and i'm like freaking out because i'm like that really hurts that does not feel okay so uh, she started, like, throwing mud at me, too, and, like, we got into, like, a huge mud fight, and she had to, like, help me walk home. With <laughs> um, a
0: broken leg
1: in the yeah. mud fight. I was, Thanks, girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love you, too, dog. So uh, I was training for 4-H at the time, and it was, like, my mom's major dream for me to, like, do everything with horses and stuff. Like, I love horses. Like, I'll ride any chance that I can, but, like, I never really wanted to do, like, gaming and stuff, but like I understand my mom was like trying to like live vicariously through me but she was crushed when like because at first I told her that um I had tripped over a chair at school and fell I was klutzy enough to pull it off so like she believed every word about it and the doctors were like oh you probably just tore your ACL and stuff so they had me in an ACL brace until I could see the specialist and they did the MRI and they're like oh no you're fractured all over the place <laughs> so um I couldn't go writing and my mom was like Just mad, (laughs) just mad, mad. So, uh, anyways, like, so when I was like 15 and a half, I met this guy and, uh, I started dating him. He was like my first relationship and stuff. And, uh, he would come and stay over at my house and stuff. Like, he had to sleep in the living room. Like, I'd go sleep in my room. Like, like I couldn't just leave my room and go in the living room, but whatever.
0: Or you just wait till you go to, so parents fall asleep. And then, yeah. We're going to be up all night, dude.
1: Yeah. That's exactly what it, Like I'd go out there and I would sleep next to him and I'd have an alarm set on my phone for 4.30 because my dad got up at five and I'd go back to my room.
0: See <laughs> like, parents, we know what we're doing.
1: Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like thinking about it now, I would never let my son have a sleepover. <laughs> There's no way. But um, it was nice, like, when he was there, though, because, like, my mom. And
0: you're going to have to share that story with him. He's going to be like, how do you know? This is how I know. Because like,
1: your mom, yeah. i <laughs> already, <laughs> already went through been through and done that. <laughs> 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 but I'm hoping, like, with him, we can come to, like, some sort of, like, compromise, like, understanding situation, like, with each other. Like, because I don't want him to ever have to, like, feel like he needs to hide stuff from me. Like, I always want that trust with him. Because, like, the way that I handle my son is I'm not, like, yeah, I'm your mom. But I'm not going to be like, I'm your mom. You need to do what I say. Like, no, we're a team. We're both human and we're both individuals. Like, you're going to have situations in your life where, like, just talk to me about it. We'll figure something out. Like,
0: And I'm curious, how do you make him feel comfortable? Like, when there, has there ever been something that he's been uncomfortable and it's hard for him to, like, get it out, maybe talk to you about it? Or just, just in general, get it out. Um, what have you done to maybe comfort him so that it's easier for him to work through that?
1: Well, we haven't had, like, a situation like that in a couple years, honestly. Um, And it was, like, when he was three and a half, almost four, or maybe, like, just turned four. This was, like, right after his dad. Like, I kicked him out for the last time, and uh, he was having a really hard time with it. Um, You know, he missed his dad. And at that age, like, it's really hard for kids to, like, express their emotions, understand what they are, like, even put a label to it. And he was just having, like, this huge... Awful meltdown, like it was so bad. Like he was screaming and he's like hitting and kicking me, and like he's never done that in his whole entire life. And I didn't know like what to do. Like at first, I was so frustrated. And this is this is one of those times where like, like I know that I was not my strongest parent in this moment. You know, I didn't know how to handle this. I didn't understand like what was going on. Like I was just frustrated like what was going on because like during his tantrum, like he had peed all over his bed as kind of like a middle finger to me type thing. And he was just so angry and I couldn't understand like what was going on. I don't even remember like what started the whole tantrum. And so I spanked him and like, I don't really spank my kid, but I spanked him at that moment and he just started crying harder. I'm getting frustrated. I'm getting mad. Like, so I'm like, this isn't right. So I chose to step away and I was like, look, you need to sit here in the bathroom and Like, I know you got pee on yourself and stuff, but like, you need to just sit here and I need to go take a break for a second. We both need to take a break. And I don't really know if he like understood everything that I was saying about that, but I was trying my best to explain to him. And so like, I stepped outside on my balcony and like, I smoked a cigarette. I called my boyfriend at the time and like, I'm crying Williams inside crying. And, um, I'm like talking to my boyfriend. I'm like, telling him everything that's going on and then like it just clicked like he doesn't know what he's doing right now like he has like he, when you think about like when you freak out you're not comprehending anything like you're when you're in like your highest freak out like <laughs> nothing's making sense like you, you gotta figure out how to calm down and stuff and so like I just went back in there and I just grabbed him and I just like bear hugged the crap out of him and he was fighting me he was like trying to bite me and stuff and I just wouldn't like go. Like, I just hugged the crap out of him. And I was just like, I love you. I love you so much. I love you. And after about maybe, like, a minute, two minutes, I could feel him, like, physically relax. Like, he just stopped. And then he just hugged me back, and he just cried. And I was like, what do you need? And he was like, I just love you. And I was like, okay. And so I picked him up, and we both, like, stripped down, got in the shower, and we just cried together. You know, like he just laid his head on me and just, it was just silent water streaming and it was like everything just let go. And so then, you know, like we got in our jammies and stuff, like I just put him in my bed. I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to deal with his room in a minute. Like I'm not like this needs to be right now. And so we just laid there and I got him to talk to me and I was like, what's going on? And he was like, I don't know. And I was like, well, are you happy? And he was like, no. And I was like, are you afraid? He was like, no. I was like, are you angry? He was like, yeah. And I was like, what's going on? So then, like, he started, like, he didn't, like, talk real well back then. Like, he started, like, talking about his dad. he was like, I just miss daddy. And I was like, I know. And so, like, I had to explain to him, I'm like, right now, like, daddy's not making safe choices. And it's just not safe for us to be in that situation right now. Daddy needs to figure out his choices away from us for a minute. And, uh, after that, like, I haven't spanked my kid since then. I will not spank my kid ever again. And now, like, whenever he has, like, times where, like, he needs to correct his emotions and stuff, like, he knows to take a minute. Like, he'll tell me I need to take a minute. If he's, like, frustrated at me, if, he, if he's frustrated, like, at other kids, at, like, situations that, like, he can't figure out, he takes a minute. And then we talk about it. We always talk about it. Like... What are you feeling? What's making you feel that way? Okay, so what's the solution? How can we fix this? What can we do to make sure that this isn't going to happen? Or how can we better prepare ourselves if this is going to happen again? And so, like, he's very, like, forthright about his emotions with me. Like, we have a really strong relationship about it. Like, we communicate really well. um, And he handles his emotions really well. You know, there have been a couple of run-ins where, like, when I was going through court with his dad like after like that huge meltdown had happened um I was nervous and I was scared because I like I knew how to see his dad again and like I hadn't seen him in months and uh his dad was not a good person to me at all and like I have PTSD that I've been diagnosed with since like I was 18 um from like living at my mom's house And I was able to, like, go to therapy and do meditation and um, EMDR and work through that. And then after everything that his dad had put me through, like, I got re-diagnosed again. And so, like, I was already high, strong, energy. And, you know, like, your kids, they feel it. They're like animals, you know. Like, everybody feels everybody. And so, like, he knew emotions were heightened that day. And he uh, caught on the bus to go to school. And uh, I left my phone in his backpack on accident. And so, like, I called my uncle, who's his bus driver, and I was like, hey, like, William has my phone in his backpack. Can you, can you grab it for me? And he's like, yeah. And so, like, I go out to the school to go meet him. I'm already running late. Like, court's starting soon. And I pull up in the school just in time to see William grab, like, pull his arm back and just sock this kid in the face. <laughs> and I was like, I, like, froze for a second. The other kid's like, biting him and kicking him and stuff and like they're just going at it and I like got out of the car and started walking over and I didn't know what to do at first because it's like the teacher had already seen it too so the teacher was already there and she like had him pulled apart and I was like what do I do like because sometimes like parents can make things so much worse and so like I'm not trying to like step on the situation or like escalate the situation so then like I get my phone from my uncle and like I'm letting the teacher talk to them for a second and then I go over there and I'm like hey yeah you you can't be punching kids dude (laughs) and what happened is like this other kid William was supposed to be like the line leader that day and the other kid like beat him to the line because they like raced off the bus and so William just like freaked out and just hauled off and hit this kid and so I was like yeah um that's totally not okay you cannot be hitting people because you're mad or frustrated and so he was like just crying he's like I want to go home and like I couldn't take him home cause I had to go to court and like, I'm not going to take my kid to court with me where like hit, like his dad and I are like going through things like he needs to stay out of it. You know, like it's not a place for kids. Like he, so this day, like he doesn't know, like I went to court with his dad. And, uh, so like we talked about it, Us 10 minutes late to court, but like we got it resolved. Well, it, um, was in a better mindset to go to school and stuff. Like, so the rest of the day like went better, but, um, other than that like he doesn't really like he he knows to take his breaths he knows to like take a minute and to voice it that he needs a minute and that's something that like I respect because my mom never respected that like my mom and I like we get into like huge fights and stuff I'd be like I can't talk to you right now like I'm not gonna do this I'm not gonna sit here yelling at you like you're an adult I'm an adult like I need a minute she would never respect it though, and like I actually got like thrown in jail because of it. <laughs>
0: like, well, now I get a minute.
1: Now I get a minute. I got three days. <laughs> lucky me, it was a Friday.
0: Was <laughs> it tacos?
1: Um, I had chicken carbonara.
0: Hey, that's not bad. No,
1: and I I had enchiladas. Um, the breakfast wasn't bad. I mean, it. it I'd go back under better circumstances. <laughs>
0: oh no don't go back
1: it was awful (laughs) i never want to go back
0: but there's free food there is free
1: food um they gave me a blanket with a hole in it though and it was like march so it was like negative 30 degrees in north dakota and i was cold the whole time i stayed in the shower the whole entire time because it was the only spot that was warm
0: dang Um, yeah well maybe, (laughs) maybe okay I'm not lost, I'm following you, but let's take a step back, um, go back to try to fo- create a roadmap for anyone that's going to be listening. Let's go back to when you were uh, 15 and 16 and okay. you were hanging out with your best friend and you couldn't go over there anymore. How, how did you, what was your life like then leading into what we just talked about um, and, and what were the changes through high school and then after high school?
1: Well, so, after I found out, like, I couldn't hang out with, uh, Stacy anymore, um, I already wasn't doing my schoolwork, and I already didn't care about it, and, like, so I just didn't do it at all anymore, and, like, I just stayed in my room at my house, and, uh, my mom and I would, like, fight even more because of it, like, because I had, like, no escape and stuff, and, um, i go to my boyfriend's house, or, like, my boyfriend would come over and stuff, and, like, um...
0: The reason I'm asking you to go back is because I, I want to hear how you met uh, your son's father from right now. We're talking about yeah. your first love. So, yeah, you know, where where is that? At? How did that happen? But Kay. keep going.
1: So um, when I was dating this dude, uh, he smoked weed. And like I had smoked weed one time before this. I was 14 at my friend's house, like had my first beer, smoked my first joint you know smoked my first cigarette she cut my hair that night like it was awful and uh but like I you know I'd never been around it and stuff other than that uh one time and so um he had smoked weed and you know like one day him and my mom and we're hanging out in the living room and he brought it up he just straight up asked my mom he's like do you smoke weed and she she was like no I do not do that and, da, 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 and all this stuff and he was like oh I do I want to try it like because he was saying he's never like smoked out of a bong. And then all of a sudden my mom's bringing out a bong in her stash. I'm like, you just said that you don't smoke weed. And she's like, you want to hit it? And I was like, no, I don't want to smoke weed with you.
0: That's pretty bald. Yeah. Him and her.
1: Him and her. So like they just, they just started smoking weed together in the living room. and <laughs> That's um, got to be weird. Oh, it's super weird. Be- but it like all made sense because I had an eight o'clock curfew. So, like, I had to be home by 8 o'clock, and it's because, like, my mom, like, she didn't want us walking in in the house smelling like weed. Like, we could smell it over all the other smells that were going on in there, you know? Like, whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah. There's a little bit of skunk with dog piss, mom.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, like, we lived out in the cut. There could have been a skunk. I would have known the difference, you know? <laughs> like, I was innocent. Yeah. I was super innocent, um, other than that one day, you know, but... um so like You that- were
0: still innocent even in that one day. <laughs> yeah.
1: So uh, he started developing like a fake relationship with my mom and like convinced her to like let him rip the carpets out and like all this stuff. And then the house never got like, we never got new carpet to put in the house. So it was just like the sub flooring and oh my God, it was so nasty. It was like soggy. You could like fall through it practically when you'd walk on it and uh that's
0: fucking bad dude oh
1: no you have so
0: i was just thinking about that like was this soggy from all the dogs peeing on the carpet and shit like yeah okay
1: so get this the people that bought the house from us when we sold it had replaced six inches of the fucking soil under the house to get rid of the smell that's how bad this house was Oh, my. Yeah. That's
0: fucking incredible. They have replaced the
1: foundation. Like, I don't know how they got away without replacing the foundation. Like, they had to rip everything out of that house and gut it. And, like, they had to have professionals come in and treat it. Uh, when we burned everything, this is, like, later on. the so Hold on. Hold on. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah. Anyway, let's go there later. There's,
1: there's a lot to <laughs> unpack here. <laughs> so um
0: the fake relationship the between fake relationship. your mom <laughs> he's like i'm gonna rip the carpet out but yeah. leave your soggy swim floor for yeah. someone else to do it i
1: mean that, that's just how he was though like he would start projects and never finish them. like i mean we all can be guilty of that but um at least the carpet was gone shit i mean like it smelled so much better but just the carpet gone it's still staying <laughs> but,
0: <laughs> you're like we went from a 10 down to an 8 yep. we're doing better
1: so this was like, gosh, maybe like August of 2012. So I was like 16 at the time, like just turned 16.
0: Shit, that's the fucking month. The big ass thing happened in my life. We don't, we don't have to go into that, but that's the exact month that like, I pretty much feel like my whole life shifted. It, it like went completely different. Just side note, because nope. you got me thinking about it. Um I did a bunch of LSD that month, (laughs) (laughs) and I ended up uh, going through seven to eight months of uh, drug-induced psychosis, so that was... Very interesting that it started that month. So it's messed up. Yeah, hell yeah. All right. I mean,
1: that, that was an interesting year.
0: Very. <laughs> Everyone's getting ready for the fucking end of times.
1: World's gonna end. We're all gonna
0: die. Apocalypse, zombies, and shit. That was it's just like the end it's of just, all of our
1: sanity. Instead, yeah, pretty,
0: pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Keep playing fucking zombies on Call of Duty, dude. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Zombie land.
1: So um. It was like that so it was like that August that like he had convinced her to like rip up all the carpets and stuff and like home improvements started happening. Um, and then it was that November that so my sister, my sister that was living up there with me, she had moved out that August. And she moved in with my grandfather because, like, my grandfather had, like, been trying to, like, have a relationship with us. But he was so bitter and scorned from, like, just everything in his life and, like, all the stress of, like, everything my grandma put him through. Like, my grandpa was an incredibly intelligent man. Like, he worked for Boeing and he helped uh, write the codes for, like, the shuttle to separate um, during its stages and stuff. Like, just brilliant. He had retirement, pension, all that stuff. And my grandmother put us in debt like so we had a half a million dollar house and uh we ended up having to like sell it for 250,000 because it was like right when the market crashed and stuff like my grandmother racked up all of his credit cards like spent all the money on like QVC like buying porcelain dolls and like just random stuff that we didn't need like no we 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 did not need a freaking chimichanga maker like no (laughs) But, you know, so like my grandpa, like he was bitter from everything that had transpired and happened. And like, he blamed my sister a lot for the divorce. Um, my grandpa and I didn't have a relationship until I was 14 moving out and we connected through music. I was playing uh Transformers Revenge of the Fallen soundtrack and my room was his office at this time. And he came in there and he was like listening to the song and it was um, <laughs> meant to be by Theory of the Dead Band.
0: You know, so it's like
1: Um, I'm, it's like, I'm taking two steps back with every one step forward or something. And maybe I'm starting to see we're not meant to be. And like, you know, he's going through the divorce at this time. Like he's losing the love of his life. They were married for 27 years. And, uh, so my grandpa had like my sister go and move in with him. And, uh, so I was like stuck up there by myself. And my sister had started going to a counselor in Wenatchee and she had told him, about the house, and like we were not allowed to talk about the house. Like my mom, like was firm on it. We were not allowed to talk about the house to anybody. She was embarrassed, and uh, she told her her guidance counselor. Well, that same day, I was at school and I had never met with the guidance counselor. All my grades were Fs. Like I was, I was flunking out of high school. You know, uh, this is my junior year, and there's no future for me. Like I'm not. Like, there's nothing. I don't see anything for myself. I'm just angry, and I have nobody to talk to, and nobody understands. Like, Stacy and I weren't talking and stuff. Like, just everything was falling apart. And uh, um, I got called in the guidance counselor's office that day, and she was like, what's going on? Like, can we talk about your grades for a minute? And I was like, sure. And I was just so freaking tired at this point. And she started asking me, like, what my home life was like. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. And I just told her everything. I was like, you know, we don't have food. It fucking smells bad. Like, my mom doesn't love me. Like, (laughs) you know. Which, you know, like, my mom definitely did love me. She just, she had her own issues that she needed to figure out for sure. For sure. And, uh, so... She sent me back to class and she went to go use the restroom. And when she got back to her office, CPS was already there waiting for me. She was going to call CPS when she got back to her office. And so then I got called back out of class and CPS is sitting there talking to me and they're like, okay, so what's going on? And so I told them the same thing. And they called my boyfriend from class too. And like he came and he vouched for everything. And, um, they asked me, they are like, is it do we have your permission to go up there and talk to your mom and I was like fuck yeah and I was scared that they were gonna call her first I was terrified because I knew like if they called my mom my mom would try to clean as much as she could like there's no amount of cleaning that could fix that situation but I wanted them to see how it truly was every single day for me um so they did call her but she was outside with the chickens so she missed the phone call so they just showed up and it was great. They took pictures. Blessing
0: in disguise. Hell yeah.
1: <laughs> they took pictures of everything. And they are like, yeah, okay, here's what's going to happen. She's not coming home. And so they called me and they're like, okay, look, here's the deal. Do you have anywhere that you can go stay? Otherwise, you know, you have, you're going to be in foster care. And so I was like, yeah, hang on. Let me make the phone call right now. So I called my uncle and my aunt. And I was like, hey, CPS just showed up at my door what's up so they um they came and picked me up from or no they were going to pick me up from school um I ended up just leaving like afterwards because um you know they said that I could come and live with them and stuff and so like um I had to call the social worker back and like give him the phone number and then she called me back again she was like all right so look, like, here's the deal um you can come up here and pack a bag with whatever you need and then you'll be staying with your aunt and uncle and I was like okay sick And then I just flipped out, like, I was, like, crying and stuff, and she was like, honey, it's gonna be okay, and I'm like, no, you don't get it, I am so happy right now, because I don't have to go back to that house, I don't have to see my mom, like, I'm so happy, I can come to school and not worry about smelling, like, the way that I smell, I can take a shower and be fine, you know, and so, after I got sent back to class again, um, from the guidance counselor's office when everything was said and done, I just grabbed my backpack and I left. I just dipped from school and I just ran. Like I ran to the packing shed and for no reason, like, I I don't know. Like I just ran. And, uh, so my boyfriend ended up looking for me. And so I called him, told him where I was. He came pick me up and uh, took me to my aunt and uncle's house, and we made sure my mom wasn't there when I went to go get my stuff because they put a temporary restraining order against my mom, so I couldn't have like any contact with her or anything, and so she couldn't be there when I got my stuff. And I was so happy, and I it was November twenty second, and it was like right before Thanksgiving that all this happened, and so I stayed with Doug and Jenny for a while. Um, my grades immediately started going up. I had C's. For the first time, I was so stoked about my C's, dude. (laughs) I was like, look at me. I'm going to have a future. (laughs) And, uh, you know, then I got my first B and, like, they put my report card, like, up on the fridge and stuff. It was cool.
0: What grade is this? Junior. (laughs) Hey, be proud of it. Own it.
1: Yeah, dude, I am. Like, that's progress right there, (laughs) you know? It doesn't matter how long it takes. Like, progress, you should be damn proud of it.
0: Shit, everyone needs to listen to that. It's not about how fast you get there. It's just that you actually get there.
1: Yeah, baby steps, dude. So, uh, and then my mom found a loophole. She was like, oh, look at that. Uh, You're not 18 and this isn't permanently court-ordered, so I get to say when you come home. And her stipulations were that she had to replace the flooring in the house. She had to um, get, like, all the stench out of it. Like, everything had to be replaced in the house. And, um, she had to get rid of all the animals and then I could come back home. So she called my brother over from the West side. My brother, he's a truck driver. Like he makes really decent money. And so he was paying for everything to get remodeled, like bought new laminate flooring for the house and all this stuff. And he called me and he was like, we're going to get you home and all this stuff. Cause my mom fed him just a line about like, she's in a horrible situation like man look or like my brother and my sister are not going to be taking care of her like i need to get my kid back like just fed him a line you know like my mom she goes big about things like she over exaggerates like really hard And like i know like there's not really like a way that i can like depict it but it's like my sister like they they both just get big in their emotions and stuff and like my mom doesn't always like see things clearly. It's like she just like sees things through a straw and like everything else is just like blocked out, blurred. She gets focused on one thing, like that's it. She'll say whatever she needs to say to get to it. And so like my brother called me and he's like giving me the progress report and stuff and I'm like, oh, okay. And he's like, why do you not sound like you want to come back? And I was like, because I don't, Danny. Like I don't want to go back there. You don't understand. And he's like, I mean, like I kind of do. And so... He stopped paying for stuff to get remodeled.
0: And, uh, what a good man. Yeah. Give him credit. He saw the shit.
1: Yeah. My brother... So my brother Danny was my favorite out of all of them. I'm the youngest out of eight. Eight or ten. We don't really know for sure if the two other ones are my siblings or not. But... uh
0: Wait. Did I hear that <laughs> correctly? You have eight or maybe ten siblings? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay.
1: That's, that's a whole nother effed up part. Um, You'll hear like... People there's, at work like make fun of me about it. And stuff. There's a
0: few dads in this situation.
1: No. Um,
0: <laughs> or is there just one?
1: There's two. Oh, okay. But they're brothers.
0: <laughs> I don't. Yeah, let's. Yeah. You
1: could. <laughs> I got brother cousins, bro. <laughs> That's
0: interesting. It's not
1: incest. It's not incest. Like my mom just fell in love with one guy and then found out he was a piece of crap and fell in love with his brother. So, I mean.
0: There's nothing wrong there. I mean, there was...
1: It's just a little funny to explain when you're 14 years old and you're in a courtroom, because I did have to explain that to the judge.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's just laughable now. The first time I ever even heard of some sort or seen some sort of experience of that is there is these two sisters. Uh, One sister is blonde and the other sister is a redhead. And the redhead gets at this... Uh, Her her husband. And the next thing I know, like six years later, the blonde sister is with the redheaded sister's husband's brother. And I'm like, when I saw it, I was like, took a double take. Like, wait a minute. Isn't that your brother-in-law's brother? Like, there's... I mean, I get it. There's no blood there. (laughs) How did you how did you get that one to stick in a marriage like on a license? Like, I don't want to know. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so that's interesting.
1: Love is a funny thing.
0: Can be. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> Especially when you're at a family reunion.
1: Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: many people are going to be like, oh, he did not just say
1: that. Well, It's funny because like at one of my other brother's um, weddings, I didn't know who the hell I was related to or not. Like, it was like, so, cousins, niece, nephew, like what? What's your half title? brother, half yeah. sister,
0: <laughs> cousin slash nephew? What are you,
1: dad? Dad? <laughs> like- <laughs> oh God,
0: <laughs> I'm too confused over here.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but so like, anyways, like he stopped helping with the remodel. Like, I can love him. At um, a. But so they brought me home anyways. And it was two days before Christmas. I was so bummed. I was so bummed. Like my aunt was crying. My uncle's mad. You know, like they, they had no grounds to stand. There is no legal ground for them to stand. They couldn't stop it from happening. So I went back to my mom's. And uh, my dad got this job as a truck driver over in North Dakota. Um, this was like back when the oil boom was going on. And so, you know, he was like, oh, we can make some money you know finally because my dad he I was a lot closer with my dad um than I was my mom until the day that like he told me like he wouldn't help me and said like I was always like daddy's little girl and stuff and we would never get in fights when we did um there was a forerunner that we had that it would break down a lot and stuff so He'd go out there and work on it. Eventually, like, when I cooled off, I'd go out there and help him. You know, like, we'd replace the radiator, do the oil change, like, whatever, you know? And that was our way of saying sorry to each other. I was just working on that stupid car. Um,
0: Side note, I rolled a forerunner for my first car. <laughs> so that's pretty funny. <laughs> and that ended badly. Well, good, but, yeah, badly. It died.
1: Yeah. Um. So, like, he was moving to North Dakota and stuff, and uh, my mom had a really hard time with it at first, and we were not getting along. He moved over there uh, on New Year's, and uh, so now it's like, okay, I was wrong about the date before. That was 2011. This is now 2012. So, this is, like, halfway through my junior year. And uh, so, he leaves, and my mom she's like super codependent on him and stuff like they're both just extremely unhealthily co- codependent on each other um my mom started like getting more aggressive with me and uh she was mad about the whole situation because i didn't want to come back she was hurt and uh so there's this time that we were at safeway and she was like let's get a pizza for dinner you know she's trying Understood it, and I was like, sure, okay. And she was like, "What kind of pizza do you want?" I was like, "It don't matter." And she's like, "No, what kind of pizza do you want?" And I was like, "Whatever, just pick out which one you want. I'll eat it. It's fine. No worries about it." Like, I didn't really want to talk to my mom. I didn't want to make decisions about anything. I was sad. Like, I didn't want to have a relationship with her. I hate her. And uh, and hate. I don't like. I don't use hate lightly at all. Like I. I'm never like, God, I hate my job or whatever, you know, like now I hated my mom and she just started screaming at me in the middle of the Safeway and she's like, would you just tell me what fucking pizza you want? Like just going off on me. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do this. So like, I just walked back out to the car and like, she ended up buying a pizza and got back into the car and she like, was like, do you know how bad you just embarrassed me in that store? And I was like, why? Because I wouldn't tell you what kind of pizza I wanted. I told you multiple times like just give whatever pizza you wanted like I don't care and so she grabbed my jaw and dislocated it and hit my head up against the window in the car <laughs> so uh while we were driving down the road because what led to that is she was like I just want you to tell me what you want and I just snapped like flipped out I was like I want to go back to my aunt and uncle's like, I don't want to be here with you. I fucking hate you. Don't you understand that? Like, I hate you. And that's why she, you know, did what she did. And I was just, like, fuming in the car. I was so mad. I was crying. My fucking face hurt. Like, I was so mad. And so uh when we got back to the house, I just took off running. And I w- went running through the orchards. I was like, I'm not I'm not going to go back there. And so, like, I called my aunt. And I told her everything that happened and stuff. And, like, um my aunt was like there's nothing I can do right now like and she's like crying on the phone and I'm crying and stuff and like so I eventually like had to go back and um I didn't talk to my mom for like over a week after that um so uh she finally like came to me and it's like the end of January it's like the last week of January and she's like hey I'm I'm gonna go to North Dakota for three weeks so I'm gonna need you to take care of everything here and so she had gotten rid of like seven of the chihuahuas and stuff so that there were still like 11 of them left in the house and the dogs and the horses and the chickens and so i'm like oh, i don't have a car This is gonna be fun you know And so she like got on a train to go off and uh after a week of it i got called back into the guidance counselor's office and she's like your grades are dropping again and like, cause yeah, F's and D's all over again. I didn't care. And she's like, Are you back at your mom's? Like, your whole demeanor shut down again and all this stuff. And I was like, Yeah, I am. And she's like, How'd that happen? So I explained everything to her. And then she sent me back to class and called my social worker. And my social worker came down with the sheriffs and um, they were asking me, like, where my mom was. I was like, She's in North Dakota. And they're like, When's she coming back? And I was like, I don't know. Sometime three weeks from now and so they're like okay well since you're in charge of the house can we go up there and take pictures i was like fuck yeah here's the key (laughs) so (laughs) they went up there and um they took pictures of everything noted everything that was not done and completed that was part of the stipulation for me to come back to my mom's house and so they just pretty much left a note on the door they're like hey your kid's gone so forget this time so they called up humane society and uh uh I had like power of attorney over the dogs to say like which one's got to stay which ones got to go so I kept the older ones because you know I liked them I just didn't want anything to do with them though because like everything that I had gone through and what kind of life is living in a cage for a dog you know like the ones that lived in the kennels they never got to come out the ones that were locked in the bathroom it was not a big bathroom at all like that sucks that's sad like that's I don't know you know so
0: that's actually part of the reason why one of my dreams is to own a like huge hundred acres so I could have a dog uh, sanctuary, rescue shelter kind mm-hmm. of thing. Seriously, I would love to do that. I would have taken all of them. Yeah. I mean, they just do whatever the fuck they do out in the yard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah.
1: Yeah. There was one of them that like, I still think about like now to this day and stuff. Like She was a chihuahua. And her name was Sugar. She liked her cheeks kissed. So she'd come up to you and like turn her head and like want you to kiss her cheeks and she'd say i love you she was cute i do regret not keeping her though like i should have kept her <laughs> but i don't know i hope they all got like good lives and stuff like all went to good homes but anything would have been better than that place oh yeah you know like that was not a life and um the ones that lived in the gates and that was like blocked off in the hallway they were super aggressive so i don't know what happened to them They they were like from the last litter that my mom bred but um so like when my mom came back so like i was already packed up and everything and i was still taking care of all the animals um and going to schland school so like my aunt bless her heart like god i love that woman she <laughs> would get up so early in the morning like take me all the way up to my mom's house which is like 15 minutes out of town and so i could like feed the horses and stuff and, like check on the dogs and the chickens and then take me to school and then go back get her kids ready for school take them to school like and she worked a night job you know like she's wonder woman i love her so much and um it was a hard adjustment living with my aunt and uncle because like i said like i had to ask permission for food and stuff and so like i was still dating that guy and uh he would come over and i was losing weight like a lot because i wasn't eating and he was like calling me out on it and stuff and like finally like i opened up to him and i explained why like i'm scared like that's not my home they're not my parents like like I don't want to ask them for like their food and stuff like they're already like putting a roof over my head like how am I supposed to like continuously like ask them for more things and so like I was scared to like eat their food and so he told them snitch (laughs) but he told them and so um they sat me down and they're like no like this you live here you're part of this family like whatever is in the house is yours like eat it and so like I started like with little snacks and stuff like little snack bags and bowl of cereal every now and then like the cheaper stuff you know and like eventually i'd write like like if there's something i wanted from the grocery store like bagels and cream cheese i get brave enough to write it on the grocery list
0: baby steps right (laughs) baby steps
1: (laughs) (laughs) and it got to the point where like you know eventually uh my aunt could be like hey anything you want from the grocery store and I, i could say like three or four things you know it was cool Like, and it's funny, like, looking back, like, the little things that, like, I was so excited about, like, I got to put food on the grocery list, (laughs) but um, we had a lot of problems, though, like, I didn't communicate very well, so we'd have, like, family meetings every Thursday, (laughs) and I'd sit there, and they'd be like, so listen we need you to work on this, this, and this. Is there anything that we can do to help you get there? Or is there anything that like you need from us? Like, what can we do? And I just sit there and be like, no, it's fine. No, we're good. And, uh, cause I didn't know how to like ask for anything. And like, it was hard for them too, because like their kids were only like seven and six. And then all of a sudden they had a freaking teenager dropped on the door. And like my uncle had a really hard time with that too, because like he always saw me as like one of his kids, you know? So like, my aunt would have to, like, check the length of my shorts every morning before I could leave to school because he was like, teenager. <laughs> and, you know, so it was funny. Like, he just stepped right into the dad role, you know? Like, and Jenny, like, she just took me under her wing about everything. Like, she had a hard life growing up, too, and stuff. But she never let it victimize her. Like, she was not a victim. Like, she's a survivor of everything. Like, that's kind of, like, where I get the mindset of, like, my stuff. Like, because before, like it kind of like, I didn't know how to deal with it. Like, was I supposed to feel bad about my situation or like, you know, how do I, how do I turn this into like, where I'm not going to end up like my mom? Like, I do not want to sit there and be sad and miserable and never be able to move past one single thing that's ever happened to me because there, no matter what you do, there's always going to be something that's going to happen and it's going to suck. But how are you going to handle it? what is the problem and what is the solution so who
0: who who taught you that
1: um a Cause, lot
0: because that's pretty powerful
1: yeah um it was my aunt and like it kind of resurfaced just recently in my life um i read it in a book and um you know like it's true because 'Cause I I've been going through like some depression and stuff recently and so like I've been trying to like read stuff about it and like what can I do to like get better? Like I don't wanna be like this, you know, like I don't wanna feel this way. I don't wanna be sad all the time. I don't wanna be questioning like my feelings and like the darkest parts of my brain, you know, like when it's nighttime, like the pain just kicks the door and it's like, Sup guys you know, <laughs> So I started like reading stuff and um
0: They're like the greasers that bring the pack of smokes and bag of weed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you fucking faggots, you came back again. God damn like it. They told
1: you to stay God, damn it.
0: <laughs> then you got the crazy jerk with the 30 bomb behind <laughs>
1: you. <Yeah>. Like, eh hey! <laughs>
0: That's yeah. I feel that way sometimes too.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's hard, you know. I'm like, but changing your mindset, you know, like and for me having my aunt right there to like guide me and teach me and she is the definition of strength in a woman like she does not need to tell anybody she's a woman because you just look at her and you know she carries herself that way and like she is that way that's her being and she is a nurturer like she she's everything <coughs> that I could ever hope to be in my life like You know, she taught me about, like, letting go and stuff, and, like, I had a really hard time communicating, like I said, and so I wrote a letter, and I explained to them about how, like, when I sit down in these family meetings, like, there's so much I want to say, but I physically cannot talk. I sit there, and I hype myself up the whole time. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I open my mouth, and bam, my throat's shut, and I'm like, I can't talk. (laughs) So... Um, after I wrote the letter, they, uh, sent me to therapy. <laughs> they were like, yeah, so this is what we're not going to do. And I, I'm in college at this point. So, you know, like I already, already done graduated. Um, my mom, okay, hang on. We skipped some, we skip some stuff here. My bad.
0: That's okay.
1: <laughs> but, so, um, after I moved back with Doug and Jenny, uh, my mom came back from North Dakota, right? And she got the note on the door and, uh, we had a restraining order, no contact order all that put in place um and my aunt and uncle were going through the process of court getting full custody they're like yeah we're not going to do this again and so they're going to court for it and, stuff. and then the judge uh took their side on everything because even with the child support they were asking my mom to pay child support the bare minimum though. They weren't asking for her to pay like four or $500 a month. They were asking for the bare minimum of $50 a month. That's the lowest that you could go in the child support. And she looked at the judge and she was like, I can't afford that. I'm on a fixed income. I'm on disability. And the judge threw, like just threw a fit. He was like, you're telling me you can't afford $50 for your child, but yet you want that child to come live with you. And he just like pretty much laughed at her and was like, he yeah, no, you're never getting custody of your kid again.
0: Thank God that judge had a heart. Some uh, of them Jeff yeah. d- definitely don't, but Mm-mm. that's cool.
1: Yeah. It was like hearing the stories about, it, I was laughing like a little toxic there. I was laughing, <laughs> you know, but, it makes you feel good. <laughs> yeah. I mean now, like I, I have such like a different mindset about things now, but like, you know, back then it was funny. Like whatever. And, uh, He did agree to let her have one visitation with me before she chose to move to North Dakota because that's exactly what she did a week after the court date. She got my brother over here with a trailer, hauled off all her stuff, and left. So um, I met her up at...
0: I have a question about your brother. Just, Mm -hmm. I'm curious. He sounds like he's um, quite a bit older. Mm -hmm. Okay. I I was just clarifying (laughs) because the way you were talking about him, I'm like... How can he be doing all these things? He must be way older. So how much older is your brother before I let you carry on?
1: My brother is, I think, six years younger than my mom. <laughs> so my mom just turned 51, I think. Yeah.
0: Okay, I had a feeling your brother was in his 40s type deal. Yeah, it felt so that back, way. Back
1: then, he was about his 30s. Um, My oldest brother is the same age as my mom, so...
0: Dang. Yeah. Interesting.
1: My uh, biological dad is 20 years older than my mom. Hmm. Okay. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Makes me feel better with only a few years difference between other people then, I guess.
1: Yeah. It's a little awkward though. Like if if I ever did hang out with my brothers, because I'm not close with any of my siblings like at all. I'm not close with a single one of them. Um, People would probably confuse them for my dad, you know, if I was like walking down the street with one of them.
0: But I could see that, yeah. Especially when they're like definitely old enough to be your dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And they're hey, how's your dad? You mean brother? <laughs> yeah.
1: And like, unfortunately, like that side of the family too. Like, they have horrible like genetics about like baldness, like just male pattern baldness. <laughs> so they're all like bald with beards, like, and they're all like six foot, like over six foot one, burly motherfuckers too, like. They're big dudes.
0: Shit, there's one time I'll never forget this. There's one time me and my sister, we went to a, like a Chinese restaurant or whatever, mm-hmm. and I don't exactly remember how this happened, but at the end, the lady was like, "Oh, I hope you guys had a good day. You're such a beautiful couple." And me and my sister looked at each other and looked back at her like, "Uh, we're siblings." <laughs> i've never seen somebody's face get so red before <laughs> oh God, that's so funny. She's like, oh okay
1: it's freaking hilarious like i've had that happen with like my friends and stuff like um like going out with william and like i'll be i hang out with guys like that's just my crowd you know and so like i'll be hanging out with like one of my dude friends and we'll go into a restaurant and like start talking to the server and stuff you know like I'm an extrovert I talk to anybody you know and so they'll be like oh yeah you guys are such a beautiful family awkward yeah um me and him no (laughs) (laughs) like my kid doesn't even look like him but okay I do have one friend though like where I swear like my friend could be his dad if like if I had known like anything had ever happened between us I would be questioning that like his mom even questioned it (laughs) it's so bad i was like stacy i didn't even live here when i got knocked up (laughs) so but um so
0: you remember where you were yeah okay
1: so like my brother comes over and stuff like um the last visit that i had with my mom uh was at starbucks and we had an undercover cop there just in case because my mom's kind of crazy like we didn't know she's gonna like try to like kidnap me or something like she's weird bro (laughs) Drugs do bad things. <laughs> so uh I just I didn't even say anything to her. I didn't even look at her. I just sat there and she was like, Will you look at me, damn it? And I was like, no I'm good. And I just like was staring at my phone, watching the minutes go down, like because I only had to be there for 30 minutes. And I was just watching them tick back. And as soon as that 30 minutes was up, I just got up, turned around, and I was like, Fuck you, I walked away. <laughs> and that was my that was the last thing that I said to my mom for three years even talk to her so because she packed up and moved to north dakota great land of nothing so uh she left everything just the house trashed and so it was me my aunt uncle and my ex-boyfriend that had to go up there and clean it all up like we burned the carpet and you could smell it two miles up the road and two miles down the road the neighbors i'm pretty sure were so like what the fuck it was bad and uh when we were cleaning found a couple meth pipes we found razor blades and some white powder i don't know what it was you know now i know what it was you know came with a mirror and uh there was like just pills for days and stuff and all my mom's bongs that she left behind and uh <laughs> we were burning stuff in the pasture and all of a sudden like this thing exploded out of it and like i had to go find it because you know it's um almost to the fire ban part of things and so I'm up there and I'm looking for it and it's a pill bottle and it's like full of weed and pills and stuff that exploded out of the fire and I was like classy mom so back then I just thought like weed was like the devil's lettuce I was like Ugh, gross <laughs> but you know now I have a totally different opinion about it but um that was interesting times and like seeing all the stuff that was up there and um my ex-boyfriend like ended up stealing like her social security cards and jewelry and all the stuff and he ended up stealing my uncle's wedding ring which totally hurt our relationship um because like I clung to him I was like you know this guy loves me (laughs) like he's never gonna leave me we're gonna be together forever (laughs) so ignorant (laughs) but um no he was like cheating on me the whole time cheated on me with Stacy even and uh yeah (laughs)
0: wow that's incredible
1: yeah we we were how are you
0: guys still friends you and Stacy, how are you still friends after that
1: Um, we weren't friends when it happened which it doesn't make it okay like girl code you know like you don't do that shit but um
0: that hasn't happened since right no okay okay you were like wait do I guess (laughs) well
1: you know like we've just been through so much and like it's a perfect example of forgiveness you know like people fuck up we make mistakes. She's two years younger than me. You know, like, am I really going to hold that against her after like everything that we've been through? Is that going to be the one thing that tips the scales? Is that going to be the one thing that breaks our friendship? You know, like people are going to do shitty things. And this is a hard part that like I have with my friendship with Stacey because like my family doesn't understand it and stuff. Like, and a lot of my friends don't. I don't know if it's because of like my own issues that I have, like my mom leaving me, and not wanting me when I was two. You know, like, I don't know if that has anything to do with it. And then coming back and, like, just fucking it all up after 10 years, you know. No idea. I'm still trying to figure that out. But.
0: Side note, you just said you were two years old when your mom left you? Okay. Yeah. That's. I just (laughs) want everyone to hear that because. Most people have already heard me in previous episodes talk about how in the first seven years of our lives, there's critical things that happen through our development that actually create the entire path for the rest of our lives. And and there's, by design, our our global society is made to break and split away from their true essence Uh, within at least the first five years. Sometimes it can happen up to the first seven years, but it's usually within the first five years that something happens to us and you just hit it right there. You said this happened at two years old. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, no. Just for your clarification, yeah, that plays a huge role in everything that's going on and has gone on. And um, for your future, mm-hmm. recognize that if you allow that to have something to do with your life, continuously... Um, having an effect on you, it will still dictate what your future is going to be like as well.
1: Right. And like, I 100% believe that with my whole heart, because I mean, like I, it's, it, so it affects my dating life the most because like, I find these people that I'm like, I see all their problems and stuff, but like, I see the potential of like who they could be. I see the problems that come with it. And I'm like, I can fix you. Like I can help you. I see who you are. Like, I want to love you through everything and you know all this this that the other thing and I'm so quick to just give my heart to somebody so dang quick and it sucks and a lot of times like I get taken granted for like you know mess up shit happens like I got a list like you you name the kind of manipulative toxic person to date like I've dated it I promise you I've dated it and I get hurt by it every single time because like I'm the last one to walk away and it makes me feel like I have no self-respect no no self-dignity like nothing because like I don't want to be the one to leave because I've been left and it sucks. And I'm constantly looking for somebody to choose me. That's all I want at the end of the day is just somebody to choose me because my own mom didn't. So like all she had to do was get rid of her dogs.
0: And neither did your actual biological dad. Yes.
1: No, he, he tried to reach out to me um, when I was 14, like when the whole divorce thing was happening, but because he's a child molester, the judge just kind of laughed and threw out the case because he was trying to fight for custody and it was not going to happen my sister like would talk to him and stuff and he would try to like buy his gifts and I just hit send back or like return sender. I was like, nah, I don't want it. I don't know you. I know what you did. Cause it was my siblings that he did it to. Like, how are you going to do that to your own kids? And I mean, they are, they're messed up from it. Like I don't talk to those, those siblings and stuff. Like they're just, they got their own shit and like we'd never been close anyway. So like, what's the matter? I really want to have anything to do with me and I don't really want to have anything to do with them but uh, you know yeah we're like my grandma leaving you know she didn't choose me either the only person that or the only people that like really chose me was like my aunt and uncle and my grandpa and I just lost my grandpa last year and uh that's been the fucking challenge because <laughs> i mean he was just the one person like i really considered family because like doug and jenny like we've gone through our battles since like i've lived with them and stuff like you know back what i was saying like uh, about my ex-boyfriend stealing my uncle's wedding ring like that was a huge turning point for our, our relationship so um i was like oh no like he would never do something like that you know like because he was the one that like had my back through everything and you know, like I took his side about things and that really hurt my uncle because they had done so much for me. And like, it's not that like, I was like, he didn't do it. It was like, well, maybe there's this possibility. Maybe there's this possibility. And he was like, no, I know these people. Like he grew up like 30 minutes outside of Compton. Like, <laughs> you know, like, and he was a security officer. So like, I was taught to like, watch people. Like I watch mannerisms. I constantly know who's in the room with me. Like I know everybody around me. Like you know i pay attention to license plates cars stuff like that like i was taught and um i guess his brother like he had brought his brother over to like play video games and stuff with my uncle um he was caught like kind of snooping around the back of the house like over by like the mantle and stuff like checking things out and so my uncle already had like his radar on with him And then his wedding ring went missing. And that was, like, a huge deal. Because that was the promise of his love to my aunt. And, like, they're high school sweethearts. They've been together since my aunt was 14 and he was 16. You know, so it was a huge deal. And I didn't handle that situation properly at all. But at the same time, like, I was, should I think, like, 17 when all that was going down. And I was barely figuring out how to handle myself in my own situations. And so, like our relationship started kind of, like, going downhill and stuff, and, um, when I got into college, like, I wanted to go party, you know, like, and I had been lying to them about, like, how I smoked weed before, like, I wasn't a virgin, like, stuff like that, like, I was lying to them about it, and, uh, eventually, for, so, like, my graduation present was a trip to California to go see my biological grandfather, and, uh, it was the night before we had to go to the airport i confessed to everything i was like look i've been lying to you guys and i don't know if that like hindered or helped our relationship by finally like being honest about all that stuff like they already knew they were just waiting for me to tell them because like with my ex-boyfriend like there were times where like i'd go smoke weed with him and then come home i'd be high so you know like they knew they're not dumb they, they understood more than I ever thought that they would. Because when you're that young, you forget people have been young too. They've lived their own lives. It's not just your generation that's into that, you know.
0: It's been around for a while.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> a long while. <laughs> so, you know, like I finally was honest about it. And I was going to stop lying to them about stuff. And then college came around and they told me like, hey, if you ever want to go to a party, you know, like just let us know. we'll be cool about it. We'll come get you and stuff. And then like, I got invited to my first bonfire and I was like, I want to go. And they were like, no, (laughs) they're like, you have a scholarship. If you get caught drinking underage, like you lose your scholarship and all that stuff. Cause um, they were going to adopt me. And the reason why they didn't adopt me was because we found out that I would have lost every grant that could have put me through school because I was going to school on full ride. Like, I didn't have to pay anything back, anything. They were paying me to go to college. I was ending up with a grant for every quarter that I wasn't spending because it was a Pell
0: Grant. I'm kind of jealous. I wish I could have got down when I went to school.
1: I wish I didn't screw it up (laughs) because that's exactly what I did.
0: Well, you had fun. Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: I had a lot of fun until... I dropped out for the reasons I did but you know like so I started lying to them I was so I was in a swing dance club every Wednesday and I had a friend that had an apartment like just a couple blocks from the college so I'm like oh yeah I'm gonna go to swing dance I'm gonna go stay at Joe's house and stuff and they're like okay sounds good no I was not staying at Joe's I was going and getting fucked up in the middle of the hills (laughs) Like I go to my swing class because it was fun but you know then I'd go party it up, and I'd have mud all over my clothes that I couldn't explain. And
0: I was swing dancing. I was
1: swing dancing <laughs> in the mud, smelling like a freaking campfire, but it's fine. No biggie. You know, and then I started staying out there on the weekends, and uh, I, so I was still going to therapy at the time, and... Uh, getting to the absolve of like all my problems because I had really bad flashbacks of like my mom's like I couldn't smell a dog or a cat without like being reminded of everything or like there would be certain smells that would just like trigger me and like I'd have flashbacks of my mom like grabbing me and stuff like it was really hard like and like one of my friends raised his hand to me one time like as a joke and sent me into like a full panic attack like it was embarrassing I was so embarrassed because like nobody understood it and you know Back in 2013, 2014, like it wasn't really talked about, like having, you know, any sort of like issues like that. You know, it was still kind of like taboo, like, oh, you have mental problems. You belong in a psych ward. (laughs)
0: Hey guys, thank you for joining on today's episode. I know that the exiting music is a little bit different this time, and that is because it's a three-part series. Today was part one. I really, really encourage you to stick around and listen to all three parts. At the end of part three, we will get to hear how she got through everything that has happened in her life. We will also get to listen to how she became so much stronger and how she grew much more courage to be who she truly is. This is extremely important. So thank you for tuning in today, and we will see you on the next episode. Have a great day.